Welcome to Tag Talks, the source for information, news, and best practices for career and workforce professionals. Taking the mystery out of career development for you and your customers. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Tag Talks. Welcome, everybody. We're super excited to be back. This is Tressa Dorsey, president of TAD Grants. And with me, as always, I have Aaron Lesson. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. Um, you can't even say in the great white northern tundra. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> it's been nice and uh, summery here, I guess. I don't know if that's a word, but it is what it is we're going to use right now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm doing really well. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Well, first of all, we've been on a hiatus from from podcasting. So this is going to be our first podcast back since the beginning of the year, basically. And I'm super excited because one of our favorite people is joining us today. And that is Jeff Dufresne. Dufresne, right. But if you really want to pronounce it right, as a true like New Orleans French American, you would say (laughs) Jeff Dufresne. Get that right, Jeff? You did. Yeah, very good. It, so it see, but I want to leave it like Dufresne. Like I want to leave yeah, it off no. like super French. Is that no? That. Is, I could do you that can, too. Okay. You can do that. Yeah. So with all honesty, Jeff uh, Dufresne from Employee Prince George's is with us. He is the chief financial officer, which means everybody is his best friend. Uh, everybody loves Jeff. We love Jeff. In fact, <laughs> he's known as Jeff Money. And I don't know, that, did you coin that or that given to you? I'm curious. That was that was given to me because there was, there was two Jeffreys and I was the new guy. So they're like, well, we got to give him a nickname. And so <laughs> one of my coworkers, oh, let's call him Jeff Money because he's the money guy. I yeah, like it. And it stuck. Yeah, well, it it looks good on you. It suits you, so that's a good thing. Easier to pronounce too than than Dufresne, Dufresne. Do yeah, exactly, Dufresne. Right, exactly, Dufresne. I like that though. It's just, I, it's one of those. Uh, yeah, it gives you like some some roots, right? You can tell. I always like good last names because then you're like, oh, like yeah. you you feel the roots where somebody comes from, you know, which is so awesome. But I do, but I still like Jeff Money better. I think that's a good. Especially for EPG, which you guys are doing huge things over there, um, which is what we're going to talk about today, basically. So typically speaking, as you know, Jeff, we don't normally talk about things in the world of finance on TAD Talks. It's We're program people and we talk about kind of uh, practitioners and and how we move about systems and and get the services done in a quality way. And, you know, one of the things that we're running into as we travel around the world is really, I have more clients talking with me about this very important topic. And, and it's something that I, I help with strategic planning around, but I really wanted to get your perspective because you've done it and you do do it. And I think that you're way more of an expert when it comes to the, the financial uh, field of, of workforce development. And so here's the, here's the million dollar question. Ready? Okay. You have a $1 million a year workforce development board and about 90% to 95% of that, that funding is straight WIOA funds and you're looking to expand and build capacity, how in the heck do you do that with a million dollars? So that's the million dollar that's question. Right. Okay. I, felt, I felt like you of all people would be the, the only person who might be able to answer that for us. And, and, and Jeff, I am bilingual. Yeah, well, right. you are? <laughs> I speak I speak finance and I speak program. <laughs> I speak a little bit of program. You know, uh, listen, I, I, I have a guilty pleasure. I'll just admit it. So J- Jeff and his wife, they travel a lot, it seems like, because I'm like, 
Facebook stalking all the time. They're like, <laughs> oh, we're so and so. And then I have to look it up. I mean, they travel probably every weekend. <laughs> it. Uh, don't you? Aren't you always somewhere, some gardens or we what, try to on? get out? Yeah, some of it's just local travel, but I mean, the weekends are for adventure, right? And so some weekends, it's just like boring housework type stuff and, and chores around the house. But we, we try to get out and kind of like even be tourists in our own area. Yeah. Because in Maryland, the Maryland area, the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Annapolis, Triangle, there's yeah. just so much to do. And so we want to kind of enjoy things and have a little adventures. And we definitely do. No, I see that quite a bit. And I'm often envious. I'm like, what the heck? I'm stuck <laughs> here in my house or something. But I, I appreciate that. And and sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. But what is what do you do with when your budget's a million dollars and you really need to diversify and make a difference? Yeah. No, that's definitely a question that I have some experience with. And I mean, I try not to be like super like nerdy, like finance speak, you know, because it really is all about about the mission. And so, you know, you've got a million dollars, you want to do something with it. You don't want to just throw it in the bank and earn interest. And hey, now I have 1.1 million because I earned interest on it. No, the, the goal is to do something with it. And so that's 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 very much my focus. Like when money comes in, so it, start, it starts with, and I'm, I'm glad you laid the groundwork for this, Tressa. Starts, there's not, there's no magic to creating a budget. People will ask me all the time, hey, what's my budget for this? What are you doing? I don't just make numbers up. It's not like, <laughs> oh, you don't? Not, uh, no. <laughs> you mean there's a method to the madness? Hold on a second. Well, that, that's just a method. Yeah, they kept right. I know it's super funny though that you say that because I it, just as a side note, when I talk about grant writing, and I think you've been in some of my sessions, it's like one of the things that I always tell people is like, hey, can you like loop in fiscal like before you start making all these plans? Because they need yes, to be please. part of it so they understand what you want versus the reality of what you can do, right? <laughs> so right, so right. It, it is not magic. You are right. <laughs> it's like my sister always says, it's math, not magic. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I know you guys don't talk about it much because I'm I'm your biggest fans and I listen to all your podcasts and I'm like, you never had somebody talking about like the, the numbers side of it. You know, you can't do anything without money. So you, you definitely need you need to create a budget at some point. And so I'm going to drop a little knowledge on you. Feel free to interrupt and ask questions. But it's something I think about a lot, like you said, and it's very much navigation. Where are we now? Where do we want to get to? You know, your GPS doesn't work unless it knows where you are. And so, you know, it starts with kind of assessing your organization and Prince George's Employee Prince George's, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. I know that's not the most common thing. So I'm going to kind of speak to what your question was, which was like, like, let's kind of take that off the table for a moment. So let's assume it's a workforce board. I have a government job. And so my salary is already covered. Um, I have, you know, certain infrastructure costs. I have, an, I have HR, I have an accounting department, so I don't have to worry about those. And so it's just, here's a million dollars, go do something cool. And so I'm going to touch on a, like a, a couple like elements of a budget, but then a couple principles too, that we always try to keep in mind. And the reason I, I wanted to lay that groundwork is that it's like retirement. You pay yourself first. If you're a 501c3 nonprofit, if you don't have infrastructure covered, you got to take that 10% that they'll give you. 10% is like the de minimis on a federal grant. On WIOA, it's kind of like the, the maximum that they'll allow. But you have to pay yourself first because you, you want to make sure you've, you've covered your infrastructure. Because if you don't have infrastructure, it all starts to fall apart at some point. If you're just trying to like, you know, do the numbers in your checkbook and think that that's your accounting system, it's not going to work. But so, so talking about budget program, so assume we've got all that covered. Assume we've got finance, we've got an accounting system. The first thing I would do with a million dollars is I would do, I would invest in labor market intelligence. 
And I got the phrase labor market intelligence from your podcast where you interviewed Walter Simmons, my boss. And he talked about the difference between like data and like intelligence. And maybe it's because we're near Fort Meade where the National Security Agency is, but like Intel is, you know, yeah. it's something, it's, inf- it's data, it's information that you can do something with, that you can act upon. So I would not want to just like, just like, oh, let's throw something against the wall and see what sticks, you know, start, yeah. start, start with your research, right? And so I would definitely go into, you know, invest. So like out of that million dollars, I take like 50,000 because, because in workforce, we're building bridges. There are, there are pools of job seeker. There are populations of people who are unemployed, underemployed. Um, and then there are pools of employers because we don't, you know, the whole starfish, the little story about the, you know, the boys walking down the, the beach and he's throwing the starfish in one at a time. You know, we try to create systems here. No, you know, wait, like- <laughs> wait, I need to pause you. I have, I have no idea. What is this starfish story? I, I'm like, what do you explain? I've never heard it. No, enlighten me. So there's, there's a, like a parable or a story about, you know, a boy is walking down the beach and picking up starfish and throwing them back into the ocean. And someone comes along and, and sees the boy doing this. And there's, there's like a thousand starfish that have washed up on the beach and he's picking them up one at a time and throwing them back into the ocean. And then the person walks up to him and says, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, the starfish will dry out and die unless I throw them back in the ocean. And then the older person says, oh, but look, there's like a thousand starfish on the beach. You can't possibly make a difference to all those starfish. And the little boy picks, you know, picks one up and says, it makes a difference to this one. And he throws it in. Oh, and so it's, I it's love a, that. It's a sweet story. But like, that's not really what we do in workforce. We really do want to create a system that can help lots of people, like not one off. So there's a, there's a commercial that's been on TV where like a guy, like the turtles are going to come up on the beach and the guy's driving around in his, his car and it's a commercial for the car. And he's dragging this net behind him that scoops up all the trash. So he mm-hmm. just does like six passes up and down the beach and scoops up all the trash. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help like all the starfish or as many starfish as we can not one at a time. We're trying to create like a system that can help many starfish and that you can scale up. So like everything I I think about when I think about building a budget is I think about creating a system that can scale. I'm not going to say how many people can I help with this million dollars? I'm going to say, what kind of structure can I build that someone's going to look at it and say, oh my God, you did all that with a million dollars? What could you do with $2 million? You helped 50 people. There's 500 people. What would it take for you to like scale your program up from 50 to 500? Because I think that's that's the best way to build a budget is to invest in something, a system that can be expanded. And don't give people everything they want. And this, this is something I'm stealing from Walter. Don't give your grantor everything they want right up front because then there's no motivation for them to give you more. Give them, you know, tease them a little bit, create something that works really well, small, and then you start bragging about your success and it attracts more investment. And so build something you can grow. Don't build like a one and done where you're like, okay, you know, here's a program. I threw a bunch of starfish in, the tide came back in and you know, there's more starfish, you know, build something that, that you can scale. Does that well, make I, sense? No, it does. And Aaron, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. But as you were talking about this, it really speaks to this idea that so often it's the other way around. So we'll give you a million dollars and you need to serve a minimum of X amount of people. And then yeah. everybody goes, great. Okay, that's what we're doing versus saying, okay, but with that million dollars, right? And there's no sustainability thought about 
right? right. In the right. very beginning, like sustainability isn't a thought until it's too late and the money's running out and the grant is over or the funding's dying and you've had a year, two years, three years, and you've done nothing as far as, and you know, you're calling it scaling, which I think is a- appropriate, but it's also for me, it's even if you couldn't scale, how do you sustain? And yes. I think, you know, and I think, cause at that point, those are the things that I think a lot of people fail to kind of think about. And then I think from the other side of it, it's how do you, how do you scale something when WIOA specifically is so restrictive and prescriptive yeah. and it's, and it's like, here is exactly how you can do these things. Right. So Aaron, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, no, I do too. And, and, and the idea of starting with the project that I'll call it in my world, manageable is, is a great way to structurally and programmatically build something that can be flexible to make the adjustments needed to make it successful. I mean, I've been in every program where it's like, oh, here's this money, go at it, serve. And we're like, our minds are like huge. Like we're we're thinking of like, um, you know, resurrecting the Titanic kind of with this money. And we've never pulled even a rowboat out of the water that way. You know what I mean? So I I think our listeners really need to hear like, Yes, your your goal, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'm thinking to myself, as we do this, it's where are we at? Where do we want to go? And how do we get there in, in manageable yet, as you would say, scalable ways? You know, instead of just getting out there going, uh-oh, we're in the middle of this thing and we, we're struggling. Like the waves are high. We're in a small boat. We haven't been here. And when Tressa brought me on as a technical coach for one of the Department of Labor programs, I saw that the successful programs had their structure down to a science. Yeah. And they built it in a way that it eventually could scale to what was needed to, quote, meet the numbers. And if you had interviewed me like 20 years ago when I was just an accountant, like budget analyst, I would have had just that <laughs> that short-term tunnel vision. But, you know, over years, and, and this is kind of how I became a chief financial officer, you know, you see you see what starts and then fails and you see what starts and then succeeds. And you're like, well, I want to be that company that starts, succeeds, and then grows. And so have that long-term vision. Nobody wins like a winner. And so when you have a winning program, people want to invest more in it. If you, if you try too hard and, and then you, you fail, well, they're going to take away the million dollars and they're not going to give you any more. So def- and it's big with, with federal grants because they ask about your past performance. Have you ever, you know, failed to deliver on a previous grant? Have you ever walked away from a grant? Those things really hurt you. So you definitely want to be realistic and do something that you can succeed at. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I see I see it all the time where um, they're horribly underspent. Yep. And and you're like, why in the world would you be, why do you think you would qualify for another couple million if you can't spend the, the million that you got or the two million, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you can't, yeah. ma- if you can't manage the budget and put that money to work and get innovative and creative about how you can spend the money, obviously within the, you know, the guidelines, everything's got guidelines, but if you can't do that with this amount, why would we ever give you 10 million? 
right? right? I mean, you know, it's one of those things. So I, and I've seen that quite a bit as well. So we're talking about looking at infrastructure and I like this idea. So you said, you know, one kind of assess where you are. You said to um, pay yourself first, which is making sure that you have the infrastructure in place and investing some of those funds into kind of creating the system that you need, you know, an ecosystem really, right? With the balance yeah. of program and finance and making sure those things can almost operate independently, you know, like they don't need a lot once they're in, it's like they just kind of roll through, right? They're processing yeah, and then cool. Yeah, the core of it, right? And then and then looking at that infrastructure. So then keeping it small, right? Don't give them everything at once and kind of doing, you know, what I say is like almost like a demonstration of kind of a test of theory, right? How, you know, can we really do this and and with this amount of money and what can we do with it? And then kind of proof of concept going from that point. Yeah. And that's and that's where that's where the first thing I'd spend money on is is some research, some labor market Mm -hmm. intelligence to make sure I know what's realistic, what's reasonable. So I'm not Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll deliver, you know, 10,000 CNAs. Oh, and right. it turns out there aren't even 10,000 people looking for work in my area. You know, <laughs> know, know that stuff ahead of time. And I would also invest in like a, a system, a system for tracking the, the number of people I serve. And now I know that there may be a statewide system. Um, Most places have one. Maryland has one. But it's very narrowly focused. And it's really focused on like specific wheel of performance outcomes. But to tell your whole story, you want to talk about everybody that you've touched, everybody that you've served. Because the bigger numbers you're going to talk about later, the better it looks. And so why ignore, like if somebody walks into your job center and walks out, well, something happened while they were there. You want, you want to count that, you know, you have a a community event and a hundred people show up. You want to know that a hundred people showed up because especially if you're talking to local elected officials, Hey, I was in your district. I had an event, hundred of your constituents came out. Now, maybe none of them made it into the statewide system, but they got something. They got information. They got help. They got a touch. They see that somebody's interested in helping them. And so you want to capture all that. And so that's something that at Employee Prince George's, we've invested in getting a system outside of the state system so we could count things that our state doesn't count. And that's another infrastructure thing. I want to know how many people are showing up, how many people, not just how many people are getting placed and retained for, for 12 months. I want to know everybody that shows up to every event. And I want to at least get their name and their contact information because next time I go to do outreach, I want to remember those people who showed up for the community event I did. I, I agree with you. I think that's one of the things that I find a lot of people, they're just so, this is what you tell me to do. This is what, you know, here are my performance indicators. And I'll tell you specifically, Aaron and I talk about this in our business services certification training, which is the things that we're tracking for that are slim to none. But you are providing services, you are reaching out to businesses, you are you do have these contacts, and it's not being captured anywhere to demonstrate your value yes. in, in the future, you know, for another type of project. Or like you said, maybe, maybe an LEO has some a line on some additional funding that's kind of in a pool of money. And it's like, well, how do you go and ask for that if you don't have anything beyond what the Fed system or the state system says you have to have, and then you're going to try and say that you're doing something great, but it's like, yeah, but you and every other, you know, 25 other hundred job centers are doing the exact same thing, right? So, yeah, yeah. so that, so I think, and I think that speaks to the intelligence versus, right, versus information, because it's like that's the story that you don't capture um, when you do the bare minimum in, in data collection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it could it could have the opposite effect because like during COVID, there was a period of time where not many people got placed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the people who are giving you money are like, wow, I gave you a million dollars and you only placed a handful of people. 
And then they do the math. They're like, okay, the number of dollars I gave you divided by the number of people is your cost per. Oh my God, your cost per is astronomical. But it's like, well, it's not just placements. If you can start counting, you know, everybody that got information or everybody that got assistance of some sort, now suddenly it looks a lot better because it's not just the the 50 people I placed. It's the thousand people that went to my website that showed up at the center that get the newsletter that, you know, logged on to, you know, the, we have like a, some free resources, you know, where you can get some training, you can do assessments, everybody that logged on to that. I want to know, because those are people that we helped and I want to count them. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us for part one of the million dollar question here at TAD Talks. Stay tuned for part two, where Jeff Dufresne, employee Prince George's County chief financial officer, is going to share even more information with us about how we can take that million dollar workforce area and create the most community impact.